coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And Happy New Year. We hope that you guys have had a great holiday season thus far. And now that it's coming to an end, it's time to focus our sights on the projects ahead. So if you've got a New Year's resolution to redo your bath, your kitchen, do some decorating, plan for some spring updates outside, now is a great time to pick up the phone and call us because we are here to help. 888-666-3974 is the phone number, or you can post your question online to our community at moneypit.com. Coming up on today's show, flea markets and garage sales. Well, you know that they're great places to find bargains, but that's only if you know what to look for. We're going to tell you how to spot deals for decor that can help you spruce up your space in some very surprising ways. And if your roof starts to leak when the snow starts to melt, you might have a common problem known as an ice dam. Tommy Silva from This Old House is stopping by to start off the new year with tips to melt this problem away. And more and more homeowners are taking on DIY projects, which, of course, is fantastic. But if you're among those that are frustrated because you can't get your project done, it turns out you got a lot of company, according to a new survey. We're going to share some tips to move those projects along just ahead. But first, let's get to your calls right now. That number again, 888-666-3974. Let's get to it. Leslie, who's first? Ron in Alaska's on the line and needs some help with energy efficiency. What can we do for you today? Well, I've got a house that was uh, pretty extensively remodeled and all polyurethane um, spray foam insulation. Nice. And we went in, yeah, that's what I thought. Well, we went into the first winter season, got into about the 10 degree Fahrenheit weather. I notice a lot of frost buildup in various areas in my eaves. And as I look closer, the more I find. And then we come out of the cold, it kind of cycles through about, uh, I don't know, a week period, and we come into some warmer weather. And I got water leaks, you know, um, around various areas down the side of the house and everything. So then I start taking a ladder and going up, and I got what I would call a hot. So I got tongue and groove it's a it's vaulted ceiling and they put two by 12 um uh rafters with osb on top and then the shingles and and in between the rafters they put the spray foam urethane well i can look up because i don't got my soffits closed in yet i can look up with a bright light up in there and i see balls of ice on the on the bottom of the osb so it's you know basically what's happening is i got a lot of little air leaks where hot, humid air from inside the house is venting out, and then it uh, um, condensates, I guess, and freezes. You know what's interesting about this story is it sounds to me like the insulation was not applied correctly because when you do spray foam insulation, you convert your attic from a non-conditioned space to a conditioned space. It more becomes part of the living space than the exterior space. And when you use spray foam insulation, you typically do not need ventilation. Uh, in fact, and sometimes the best thing to do is to seal off the old ventilation because spray foam insulation, again, when properly installed, does not need to be vented. Now, did, you said you put this up between the rafters. Did it cover the rafters or was it just sort of in, uh, covering the, the, uh, the sheathing? 
Well, the rafters go all the because it is vented, so the rafters go all the way up to the OSB. Of course, but the the thickness of the foam insulation did, did it actually uh, cover the rafters when it was applied? No, because they they put in twelve inch high rafters and they only went with eight inches. I see. Of foam so there'd be four inches of venting if you don't mind me asking what brand insulation did you put in here Ooh, i don't know i know the company i used but i don't know what brand they used i think you need to reach out to the manufacturer and send some photos because i suspect that this was not put in correctly when you do foam insulation you don't have to vent that space and the fact that it is vented now means that you're going to have the same kinds of condensation issues that you had before but maybe even potentially a little bit worse. So I, I suspect mm-hmm. there was an issue with the installation. This should not be happening. I personally have uh, a spray foam, converted spray foam attic where I have a very old house from the 1800s. And, you know, when, when the guys I hired put this in, they completely covered the rafters. And that space is may, always amazes me, especially when it's very cold or very hot outside, because when I go up there, it's the same temperature as the rest of the house. Uh, we, we lose no heat out of the attic. But there's no ventilation. Where there was a vent, we have a window, and we never had soffits. Yeah, so I see what you're saying. It was applied more of like a complete blanket across the whole roof where I've got breaks every time there's a rafter. There's a exactly. break. So they've done mm-hmm. it in rows. Yeah. Ah, very interesting. And I bet you that, yeah, I bet you're onto something there because uh, that's, I've thought about every little angle other than that. Yeah, so here's the thing. I mean, if you go back to your contractor, you know, they're probably going to have a bunch of excuses at this point. I would take photographs. I would figure out who the manufacturer is. I would contact their technical services department and say, here's my situation. Can you help me out? Tell me what's going on uh, and how do I fix it? And they're probably going to point at the installation as the cause, but they'll tell you exactly what's going on. And then once you have that, then maybe you can go back to the contractor and say, look, <laughs> you guys made a mistake here and here's how, here's what has to happen. And, and at least so you'll, you'll, you won't, uh, you won't waste any time, uh, being baffled if, uh, by, uh, any potential contractor BS, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And that's what I'm getting. And I've got $36,000 under this roof and there's no access. It's, it's demolition to get to any of this. Area yeah. Well, that's why I say you need to, you need to get the right information here. And if you can't get it from the con, from the manufacturer, then I would hire my own expert. I would find a good quality professional home inspector or an engineer to evaluate that project, compare it against the specs, and uh, write a report determining what's happening and what has to be done to fix it. Okay? All right. Good help. One quick last question. Do you What type of engineer would I look for? Just a mechanical engineer? Or? No, probably a structural engineer. Okay. Okay. Yeah, or, or a home inspector. You can go to ASHI.org, A-S-H-I, the American Society of Home Inspectors, uh, .org. And I, actually, I think it's homeinspector.org. Let me, let me correct myself. And you could find an ASHI certified member uh, in your area. You'll probably get a list of, of uh, two or three or four by zip code. And I would talk to each one, tell them what's going on, and, and find out who's going to be uh, the most competent to, to come out and evaluate it and write a report about it. Okay, very helpful. Very much appreciated. Good luck. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Give us a call with your home repair, your home improvement question, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, right here at 888 Pit. Still ahead, even if you're OCD about cleaning, your home could be at risk still for mold. We're going to tell you where mold loves to hide, even in the cleanest of homes, after this. You live in a money pit. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? 
That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get sucked with allergens, too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-Pro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's airdoctorpro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. Where home solutions live, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call right now with your how-to question, your decor dilemma, whatever you're working on at your home. You can slide it on over to our to-do list if you pick up the phone and call us right now at one 888 Money pit. Hey, before the break, we were talking about mold. Now, it's not something that you normally think about in the winter, but I want to take this opportunity to tell you a story about a discovery of a mold problem that I made in the least likeliest of places, Leslie, not too long ago. You know, I was up in an attic and I was taking a look at it for a very good friend of mine who was not feeling too happy in the house, not feeling too good in the house. And she did mention that when they went away, because they'd recently gone on vacation, they felt a lot better. I'm thinking, hmm, sick house. So I'm looking around at this house and there's no obvious sources of mold. But kind of as an afterthought, I grabbed a bit of insulation on the way out. Now, insulation is a non-organic product, right? So it's not supposed to be able to grow mold. But much to our surprise, it turned out that the insulation itself did not grow mold. But what did grow mold was dust that was trapped inside of the insulation. The dust was the organic matter. That's where the mold found something to kind of feed on. And the way it got in there is also interesting because it came up through light fixtures in the ceiling. We She had those hi-hat light fixtures, right. right, that are flush with the ceiling, and there are little air gaps around there. So as the, um, the ventilation sort of pulled air from the house on up and out, it actually pulled dust into that insulation, and that's what grew the mold, because attics can be fairly moist places. All you need is oxygen, moisture, and organic matter, which you had all were in that dust in that insulation. So in her case, it turned out she had to actually sort of take the house apart from the roof, take a big chunk of the roof off, and then remove the insulation, all of it, from from that point out, and then basically redo the whole thing. So it was a really big project. But it was interesting because that's a place you normally don't think you could find mold. But even there, in a super clean house, there was a pretty serious mold problem that was making that family sick. Wow, that's crazy. Frank in Rhode Island is on the line with a wiring question. What's going on at your money pit? I live in a uh, colonial farmhouse, a cape really. And it's the oldest house in Chapach. It was built in 1753 by a Revolutionary War patriot. And I'm having a problem with radio interference. 
historically, there seems to be three overlays of wiring there. There's the old knob and tube. There's uh, some cable. There's some something recently that was put in, and and I know even more recent than that, it was modified. The panel was modified so we can put a uh, electric stove in here. Uh, and if it's a wiring issue, I'm not sure it is. I have three radios, and one of them is um, a battery-powered radio, and it's still getting this interference. Uh, it started about two months ago, and um, it seems to me more on the AM dial, but at certain times it's on both dials. The first thing I would suspect is it has something to do with grounding that has gone bad. Um, perhaps the grounding for your main electric panel would be a place to start. Because usually it's grounding or shielding that when you get a bad ground that it causes that kind of a static. But I think the first thing you need to do is make sure that, it's, that it's, it isn't something, in fact, in the house and not something that's caused um, by an outside source. So I would... Pay attention to the quality of the signal. Maybe if you choose one station uh, to compare to and you try that uh, in the house and out of the house, uh, in the car, and, and see if it really is getting worse around the house. And then if that's the case, I suspect it might have something to do with the grounding at your main electric panel. Makes a lot of sense, and I thank you. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Pit. So if you're looking for a bargain way to dress up your apartment or your condo, flea markets and garage sales are a great place. But you got to know what to look for. And Leslie, I have seen you do some pretty amazing transformations on design shows. Just what you find in flea markets, garage sales, and even on the side of a curb, right? <laughs> you know, it is really true. You'd be amazed at the bargains you can find as long as you're open to doing some footwork and, you know, some painting and some sanding and some upholstery, just a couple of things. But here's a few tips for the novice vintage shopper. First of all, guys, you've got to be wary of upholstered pieces that people are leaving roadside with a free sign on them. You know, in the past, I probably would have stopped and picked it up and been like, yeah, I can fix it. But you don't know how long it's been outside. You don't know if there's mold. And I feel like, you know, this day and age, we've got to start worrying about bed bugs, oh, all that gross stuff, rodents. It could be an issue. So unless you know the person who's pitching that piece of furniture, just, just don't take it. Do yourself a favor. It could be a lot more problem than it's worth. Also, you want to stay away from antique shops. You know, you're unlikely to find any real bargains there. So stick with thrift shops and stores that advertises used furniture or secondhand store, that type of thing. Now, glossy white paint, that's really amazing. It can transform old wooden tables, chairs, dressers, anything into really chic looking pieces. You know, think shabby chic. If you go the opposite end of the spectrum and buy some glossy black paint, woohoo, it is a modern furniture paradise. So think about that. Black and white really makes a big difference. And if over the holidays you'd wish that you had some fancy china, you can even start collecting old white dishes and cups and create your very own set of chic dinnerware. And remember, you can mix and match your platters and your serveware, even little salad plates or bowls, whatever it is. As long as you've just got a base of a white dinner plate, you can mix and match the rest and it's the best. And for more tips just like that, check out How to Decorate Your Apartment on a Limited Budget. It's online right now at moneypit.com. All right, now we're heading out to Wisconsin where Kumi has a question about mold. What can we do for you today? It's like on the walls, and it started at the bottom of the wall. It's like black mold, and some areas it's somewhat green, but most of it is black. And I was trying to get the basement refurnished, and when the guy came and started it, 
He had to stop because the mold is coming through the panel, and you can still see it at the bottom. Yeah, now this is a home that you own, Kumi? No, I'm renting. You're renting it. Okay. So this is the landlord's problem. This isn't your problem. And it's a potentially serious problem, depending on how much of it is there. That type of mold that you describe is what's known as stachybotrys, that sort of blackish-greenish mold. And in some cases, it can be uh, cause an allergic-like uh, effect on people. It could make you not feel very well. And people that are really sensitive to molds can get super sick around it. Removing it um, is possible, but there's a process to it. It's not just a matter of tearing out the old walls or scrubbing it away because if you do it incorrectly you can release those mold spores and they float around the air and, and and they can get get up into the parts of the house that don't have mold and kind of contaminate it so i would take some pictures of it i would send a letter to the landlord and let him know what's going on and he's got to address it because this is a potentially very serious problem you can't let it continue thank you so much i appreciate it i noticed that since i moved here asthma running my family, but I never had asthma. And now I have asthma. I have bronchitis. You may be living in a sick house. Your dog seems quite happy, though. <laughs> yeah, they, they, I even, they even said that it could be dog hair. No, no. If you got that kind of mold, you got a serious problem. You need to put them on notice that they got to fix it. Kimmy, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Now we're heading to Tennessee, where Bruce is on the line with a question about a driveway. What's going on at your money pit? Hey, guys, I've got a driveway that's kind of, it's not cracking, but it's kind of crumbling into, like, small pebbles and pieces. I have heard from a buddy of mine that used to do some summer work that you can take that black top and put a little bit of, uh, I guess, sand in it and mix it up into a putty and maybe save it for a couple of years. What have you guys heard? So I think that that would work as kind of a temporary patch, but I wouldn't well, expect And certainly it. not for the whole surface, like, to just... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the kind of thing where, like, if you're resurfacing the driveway and you and you all of a sudden find that maybe there's a little hole that you mixed that you missed, you could take some of that sealant, mix it with some sand, stick it into that hole, and kind of call it a day. But if you want to have, if you want to do this the entire surface, you need to use the products that are designed for that because they're designed to adhere properly to the surfaces that are below. And I think just trying to sort of uh, make this from scratch doesn't make a lot of sense. Okay, what would you suggest? So there's a lot of good quality latex products that are out today. And what you want to do is start with the patching compounds, clean the driveway really well, use the patching compounds next, fill in those cracks, fill in those holes. If you have a really deep one, then there's essentially like an aggregate that you pack in first, then you seal the surface. And then once those dry, then you go ahead and put your top coat on and kind of broom your way out. You want to buy one of those driveway squeegees, which is kind of like the size of a push broom, but it has a squeegee on it. And just very carefully start as close to the house as possible and then bring yourself out to the street. And do it at a time where the weather's decent and when you can try to keep cars off it for two or three days at least. Because the longer you let it sit, the better it is. You suggest a certain temperature? Well, the temperature range is going to be dictated by the manufacturer. But as long as it's not freezing and as long as it's not, you know, 100 degrees out, you're probably okay. Awesome. Thanks, guys. All right. Good luck. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit.
Hey, if you get a heavy snowfall followed by some warm days, you might also get ice dams, which can cause a lot of damage inside your home. There is a solution, and Tom Silva from This Old House is stopping by to tell us all about it. And today's edition of This Old House on the Money Pit is presented by GCP Applied Technologies, the inventors and manufacturers of the original and best-in-class Grace Ice and Water Shield self-adhered roofing underlayment. In 2018, Grace Ice and Water Shield Underlayment celebrates its 40th anniversary. Learn more at gcpat.com. On the Money Pit Radio Show, pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home by calling 888-MONEY-PIT. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T. MONEYPIT. Where home solutions live, welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. On this, the very first show of the new year for us, we hope that you had a wonderful holiday season and that you're planning some projects for the year ahead, which is where we come in because we're here to help you get those jobs done. Help yourself first by calling us at 1-888-MONEY-PIT. And you can also head on over to moneypit.com for tips and answers to your home improvement questions, big and small. And while you're there, sign up for our newsletter. This way you can stay ahead of home maintenance year round. It's all online. It's all free at moneypit.com. Well, if your roof starts to leak when the snow starts to melt, you might have a common problem known as an ice dam. That's right. Heavy snowfall followed by those warm days often allows ice to dam up at the roof edge where it blocks that melting snow and can cause some serious leaks inside your house. There is a solution, though, and here to tell us about that is Tom Silva, the general contractor from TV's This Old House. Welcome, Tom. 
Thank you. It's nice to be here. You know, and since roofs usually leak when it rains and not when it snows, this is a problem that's a surprise to most people. How do we make sure that that meltdown doesn't end up melting away the walls inside our homes? Yeah, ice dams can be a major problem. And this last winter, there was a lot of it. Roofs that never even had backup had it this year because there was so much snow. Mm -hmm. That snow is laying on the roof. Think of that snow as a big insulation blanket. So if you have heat loss in your attic, like not enough insulation. Which almost everyone does. That heat is getting through the roof and the snow is uh, being melted underneath. So the water is running down under the snow. When it hits that cold overhang, it freezes. The water continually comes down. The freeze gets bigger. It's a dam. It's holding back the water. The water is now running up the roof shingles and not down the roof shingles, getting into the roof below. Now, Ice and Water Shield is the product that we usually apply to stop this, but that's not required in all parts of the country where ice dams happen, correct? Right. Ice and Water Shield, a great product. Uh, it's a basically a self-sealing membrane, but it needs to be installed correctly. Just to make sure we're clear here, it goes under the shingles, pretty much the first thing on top of the sheathing? Right. But what what a lot of people don't understand is that first course of ice and water shield should come down onto your fascia board. It should come down the lower edge of the roof. It should wrap the edge of the roof up under the roof sheathing and down onto the fascia board at least an inch to an inch and a half. And then that should get covered by the drip edge and maybe even a piece of trim because you don't want ultraviolet light to hit it. It'll break it down. Now, I always like to use a minimum of two rows of ice and water shield because you never know how bad the snow is going to get during the wintertime. And basically what happens is it's basically it's an insurance policy to stop your roof from leaking if the water should get under the roof shingles. Now, what are some of the steps that you can take on the inside of your attic to sort of keep conditions just right for proper, you know, melt and removal of that water? All right. Well, the first thing to understand is you want to think about your roof on your house as an umbrella that keeps your house dry. You live in the box below the angled umbrella. If you could take that roof and you could hold it above your house one foot, the air outside would run under the roof, keeping the whole roof the same temperature on both sides. The snow won't melt. So in a perfectly ventilated home, the temperature in your attic really should be the same as the outside, should be ambient. Exactly, unless you want to make your attic condition space. So really what you need to do is make sure that the insulation in your house is plentiful. The more you have, the better it is. You don't want to compact the insulation against the edge of the roof at the eave line because then you could stop the movement of air that's ventilating air because... The the warm air that's in your house is swollen with moisture, and when it gets through the attic, it needs to be drawn out. You draw that out a couple of different ways. You can use a ridge vent, or you could use a gable vent, or you could use mechanical ventilation. But you have to be able to let air in while the bad air can be drawn out. That requires soffit vents. Soffit vents cannot 
be blocked. So if you have a lot of insulation, and as the insulation sort of piles down near where the roof meets the exterior wall, we need to put some baffles in there to kind of press the insulation down just enough to let the airflow... Have an inch and a half to two inches space, and that should flow really freely. Now, one of the issues that I always, I'm always concerned about is if you have a ridge vent on your house, and we have a real bad winter, that ridge vent is going to get blocked by the snow for quite a while. So you're not going to have that warm, moist air being drawn out of the house until you can get some of that ridge vent clear. So you got to be careful of that. In a case like that, does it make sense to have a gable vent as well, just to sort of give you that movement or, you know, get on your roof and do some maintenance? Uh, I'd never like to tell people to get on yeah, their I roof, mean that, especially, especially in the winter. In the winter. <laughs> yeah, no. A lot of people get hurt when they get up there. Gable vents are fantastic. Plenty of them. Uh, bigger, bigger is always better, but you don't want to have, this, this is silly, but you don't want to have a gable vent and a ridge vent work together because they will, they will take the path of least resistance from your soffit vents. In other words, the gable vent will be, the air from the gable vent will be drawn in through the ridge vent. And short circuit 90% circuits. of the attic. That's right. right so, so your soffit vents won't be working. So you might as well have the insulation up against the roof at your soffit vents. So really, if you have a completely vented soffit, completely vented ridge, and that's it, that's going to handle it most of the time. Because right. that air is going to enter exactly. the soffit exactly. right up under the roof sheathing, exit at the ridge, take out the moisture in the winter, take out the right. heat of the summer. And when it's not working and you get ice dams, what happens is that that ice and water shield will prevent the ice from getting into the house because it can't get through that self-sealing membrane. Yeah, that's great advice. And, you know, if all else fails, what I've found is that usually, not always, but usually homeowner's insurance will cover ice dam damage. Right. The, my biggest issue with this whole situation this last winter where there was so much problems, so many problems with houses, people were getting their insurance company to f- come in and fix the damage from the ice dams, but they weren't no fixing the correct right. to, to solve right. the problem. They fix the drywall. Exactly. But but it's going to happen again and you gotta again. Get, you got to get up there and fix the roof. Oh, yeah. that's great advice. That's yeah. definitely the right way to do it. Tom Silva from TV's This Old House. You're going to help us keep our homes dry if we get another bad winter once again. All right, you can catch the current season of This Old House and Ask This Old House on PBS. For your local listings and some great articles on ice damming, you can visit thisoldhouse.com. And This Old House is brought to you on PBS by Gorilla Glue. Still to come, more and more homeowners are taking on do-it-yourself projects, which is fantastic. But if you're frustrated because you seem to not be able to get your projects done, don't be, because you have got a lot of company. We'll explain after this. Where home solutions live, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And I hear you're flush with excitement. You already got one project done for the new year already, huh? I do. This is really exciting. So our friends over at American Standard sent us, well, myself, my family, the boys and I, a Vormax Plus self-cleaning toilet. Now, what's awesome about this is I'm sure you guys have totally heard me talk about my 
very messy children who are boys who have a very difficult time keeping <laughs> the first floor bathroom tidy. Accuracy is a skill that boys take a while to master. Can I tell you, though, it's my <laughs> nine-year-old. It's not even my five-year-old. I don't understand. And, like, they could care less. And for me, yep. as the only lady in the house, I'm like, you guys, this bathroom smells horrible. So American Standard sent me the Vormax Plus self-cleaning toilet. Now, it features a built-in Lysol cleaner, which is amazing because I've only had the toilet in the house probably a week. And this little powder room smells so good. And I don't know if this is a common thing for people, but I have never had a new toilet. This is my first brand new toilet. Well, it's not the kind of thing that needs to be replaced very frequently because they really don't wear out. But what's cool about the technology today that we're seeing with Vormax is that my gosh, it's a self-cleaning toilet. Yeah. And it smells fantastic. And that's one of the most dreaded jobs in the house. So now you don't even have to do that. No, it's really great. I mean, so far we've only put in the first Lysol cartridge and that truly is what it is. It's a cartridge and there's sort of like a little flap built into the backside of the seat, which is super easy to install and really simple to change. Um, I mean, as of now, I can't tell you if accuracy has improved at all, but the bathroom smells, <laughs> well, smells fantastic. It smells a lot better and toilet's a lot so, <laughs> Yeah. So for me, it's a win-win. So I, I can't right. thank our friends at American Standard enough. Well, check it out. They're available right now. The Vormax Plus self-cleaning toilet. Well, more homeowners than ever are taking on do-it-yourself projects, which is great. But if you're frustrated because you seem to not be able to get your projects done, well, don't be, because it turns out you have a lot of company. In a survey of 700 homeowners between the ages of 25 and 45, more than half said they've got unfinished projects that they need to complete. Most had one or two that were incomplete, but about 18% had five or more projects in various stages of completion. A lot of unfinished but well-intended projects out there, Leslie. Yeah, and the main reason, guys, was time. Now, more than three-quarters of respondents said they just didn't have enough time, and more than half said they didn't have enough money. So it's time or it's money. And you know what? It's so easy to let life get in the way of those half-finished projects. So to make sure your projects reach the finish line, you want to start by making a budget and then stick to that budget. You've got to purchase all of your supplies and materials before you actually begin so there's no dilly-dallying and running out to the store or I forgot this. You know, you understand. Get everything in advance. And then go ahead and plan a timeline. When you don't have a lot of other stuff going on on your plate, Although it truly is a motivating factor, I mean, who doesn't love to procrastinate, but trying to plan a project for a specific deadline, like a milestone anniversary or the holidays, all it does is stress you out, and then you're going to just be less likely to finish it to begin with. So take your time, make a budget, just stick to it, guys. Yep, and just be realistic. Don't bite off more than you can chew. And if you plan time to work on your project regularly, it'll get done for sure. And we're here to help you get those projects done, but help yourself first. Pick up the phone and call us right now at one eight 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 Money Pit. Evan in Florida's on the line has a question about venting. How can we help you today? Well, uh, my wife and I have a long-standing uh, disagreement on what's best during the winter months for vents and unused rooms. Okay. I say close them, but she says leave them open. You both might be right. Everybody uh, wins. Yeah. If oh, you no, close, that's not going to help us out. It's <laughs> not going to help you out. If you close the vents in, in, in some rooms, especially if it's anywhere near plumbing, you, you may have the temperatures drop at the point where freezing is an issue. But generally okay. speaking, I think you can 
close those vents and onions rooms if you're truly not going to use them. But it might be better to close them actually closer to the air handler itself or the furnace itself because a duct damper is much more efficient than the wall damper. The wall, the vent itself, once you close it, it tends to whistle and a lot of air leaks through it. But uh, in line with the ducts themselves, they should have dampers, too, which are more like sort of a valve for a a duct that sort of totally closes off the air to that space. Okay. Yeah, I've seen those uh, in in line before. Yeah, they're a little tricky. There's usually a a rod that goes through the duct, and if you look at it, it's got a flat on the end of it. It's It's very narrow. It's like the size of a screwdriver tip. But if it's mm-hmm. parallel to the duct, then it's fully open. And if it's perpendicular, then it's fully closed. All right. Okay. That solved our issue, but I don't know if I should. It didn't settle the bed. It solved the problem. It didn't sell the bed. But like Leslie said, everybody's a winner today. Everybody's a winner. All right. Yeah. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Thank you. Nothing comes between spouses like home improvement. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Well, it's the holiday season, and we're all dealing with a lot of stuff, but what do you do when you have a mysterious leak in your house and you really just can't figure out where exactly it's coming from? Guess what, guys? It could be coming from a lot of different places, but all from the same source. We'll tell you how to figure that out after this. Making good homes better, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call right now with your home improvement question at one 888 Pit 888-666-3974. Or post your question to the community question, which is exactly how Sarah reached us. That's right. Sarah writes, I recently bought a home and I'm experiencing a problem with the copper water lines, pipes corroding from the inside out. So far, the corrosion appears to be limited to just the hot water lines, but I'm afraid to look inside the cold water lines. What can I do to fix this? You know, this sounds a lot like what is known as copper pinhole leaks. It's a condition that is somewhat newer than your 50-year-old house, but basically the way it happens is it's corrosion that's due to a chemical reaction between the water and the copper. And unfortunately, there's not a lot you can do about this. When you start to get these pinhole leaks in the copper pipes, the copper pipes are done and they have to be replaced. And when you replace them, you want to replace them with PEX piping. That's cross-linked polyethylene, uh, which is a lot easier to do than it was originally to run the copper because PEX is very, very flexible. If you start to see them form, uh, one of the things you don't want to do is as the water leaks out of it, it'll sort of scab over as the mineral salt deposits dry out. Don't break those scabs because you'll get a leak. And whenever you're doing remodeling in a house that's got a problem with uh, pinhole copper leaks and you expose pipes, you pretty much should just go replace them with the PEX uh, while you're at it because it will never be any easier than right there while everything is exposed. So it's a tricky problem. There's a lot of causes to it. Uh, it has a lot to do with the acidity and the water, but it's basically a corrosion that's going to continue very slowly, but it will continue. I mean, it's amazing. I feel like it's more common in certain areas than other areas. Where I live, I live in Garden City, New York, which is on Long Island. And I mean, I ended up replacing all of the copper piping in my basement ceiling with all the hot water lines because I had sprung some pinhole leaks in probably a six foot section. And replacing that just was not acceptable to me. I just did Mm. more work than I needed to for the peace of mind. 
And, you know, I, I see on our Facebook, you know, for the town and the community, so many people deal with it. So it's definitely a water thing. And it's good to at least know about it so you're aware and prepared and can make smart choices. Absolutely. All right. Next up, we've got a post here from Pace who writes, I live in an area prone to hurricanes and want to strengthen my roof. The house was built in the mid 80s before local codes were updated after Hurricane Hugo. One solution is to screw the roof decking to the rafters, but I'm still five years away from needing to reshingle my roof. Is there something that I can do from the attic's inside? Would applying a spray on insulation to the underside have the added advantage of strengthening the attachment between the decking and the rafters? It's not an issue of the attachment between the decking and the rafters or the plywood and the rafters. The the issue of attachment is between the rafters and the rest of the house. Because in a severe storm, those wind forces are going to try to lift that roof off the house. So adding the spray foam insulation, while obviously a fantastic way to lower your energy costs, it's going to have no effect on that. So the best option for an existing home is to basically reinforce the roof by adding some strapping. And there are other types of hardware that are basically designed to connect the rafters to the exterior walls of the house. Simpson Strong Tie is pretty much the main brand for stuff like that. And I got to say, it's a project that's probably best left to the pros. It's difficult work. You got to get access into tight spaces and you need to have good workmanship because if those straps are not properly installed and securely attached, the whole job's kind of pointless. So if it's a concern for you, I would definitely hire a pro. It, it's probably a couple thousand dollar project. And you know what? Why don't you start by checking with your insurance company? I mean, making this sort of improvement to your home to be prepared against a storm could give you a discounted rate. It's worth asking. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show coming to you for the very first time in 2018. Thank you so much for spending this hour with us. As the year rolls on, we will be here for you every step of the way to help you tackle those projects you want to get done around your house or give you the advice that you need to hire a pro to get it done for you. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.